You're listening to Grace for the Grind, brought to you by CLB North American Mission. We're here to encourage and equip you through the ups and downs of life and ministry, because each of us needs some grace for the grind. Hello and welcome to Grace for the Grind. I'm Mike Natal. I'm Dan Stenberg. And I'm Ryan Nelson. And we are here today continuing on in our series about different church events and holidays and how your church interacts with them. Today we are specifically going to be talking about Advent. Now a little bit of a precursor before we go to it. We are going to extend this episode out and stretch it out to, I guess you would consider it a part one and a part two. And part two is going to be dealing with Christmas Eve and Christmas. So we are going to talk about those, but those will be in a future episode. So today we're mainly just talking about Advent and what you do as a church to prepare for it and the different opportunities that you have during Advent in order to serve the community and in order to bring your church in closer fellowship surrounded by the birth of Christ. And so uh, what do you guys do for Advent, especially the thing that I always forget is decorating the church. We get to November oh, and I'm like, oh, Advent is like two weeks away and I haven't even mentioned putting up the Christmas tree or decorating. So that's usually something that gets kind of last minute planned <laughs> until my administrative assistant realizes all my shortcomings. And she then goes, Mike, it's October. You remember that we got to put out the Christmas decorations the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And I'm like, that's great. Good call. You're absolutely right. So what do you guys do for Advent? So we've done a few things, but I, I don't know, man, it's hard, right? We try to do one thing every week leading up. And it doesn't have to be that Sunday night. Sometimes it is that Sunday night. Oftentimes it's not. I mean, we've done like the caroling, right? So going out and and going through the community. If we have people that we know might be interested in coming to church or have been on the fringe in the church, I'll do my best to try and get their addresses. And if they're in walking distance, we'll make sure that we're at that place or at that house. And then we'll go and like ring the doorbell and sing songs. If we know the people will do that, most of the time we'll just walk the streets, though, and, and sing the songs that we have listed out. We do like an adult Christmas party, and I always feel weird saying adult Christmas party because it sounds scandalous, but it's like not scandalous. <laughs> it's just an opportunity for the adults of the church to to get together and just spend some time and goof off and play some silly games and eat some fun snacks and just spend a couple hours in each other's company getting ready for the season. Uh, those are some of the things that we've done, but I mean, I am open to new ideas. I'm hoping to glean some insight from this particular episode, so I'm I'm just looking forward to talking to you guys about it. What are what are some things that you guys do? I mean, we have more Christmas, yeah, Christmas oriented activities that we're doing then during Advent. So we have in our worship services, we light an Advent wreath. Yeah, we have typically hosted a Christmas carol sing. Backing up just a bit there, Ryan, do you have like reader, like a certain reading that you do for the Advent wreath? Yeah, we have readings. How do you choose who does the readings? We try to invite families okay. to go up and read together. And we also try to engage newer families or you know people that might not necessarily be involved in other things at the time. So we use it as a way to kind of help include people that may feel that they're more on the fringe or 
or newer, not as engaged. That's typically who we aim at. And we also try to aim at getting our families, like with kids, with younger kids in front of the congregation. Cool. Sorry, I cut you off there. You can keep going. You did the Advent readings and no, some that's other Christmasy type things that you do. We have a community carol sing for the town that we host at the church. We have a few programs. You know, we have like a, a Sunday school program, and and also, actually, I, th- I think we've we've in the past had a separate Christmas program for the Sunday school, and one for the church, and we've kind of merged that into one Christmas celebration in mid December. Those are some of the the main things that we're doing. We're trying a couple different things this year too. You know, in the past, they've used Advent as like every Sunday. There's something fun or helpful for the families to do. So mm-hmm. one of them is like, yeah, you got an area set up for family photos and maybe somebody there able to take photos, right? So just it's like solving a problem that people have is like they got to get a photo for their cards and mm-hmm. social media and all that. And it just is a fun thing to do. We did something along that line this past year and uh, we had mixed reviews, I think, but we uh, we had we bought a Santa suit. And we had one of the guys in our church dress up as Santa. And so that the kids wait, wait, could wait, come in. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, and, hold on. And, was uh, it Victor? Was it Victor? <laughs> no, it was, it was Eki. So oh, we, had okay, a, okay. we had a Pakistani uh, Santa. Nice. And we stuck him in a chair. And then we advertised for kids to come and, and take pictures with Santa. And then they made an ornament in the basement. And we just kind of had like a kid's day. Bringing Santa into the church was controversial, I think, to say the least. But the reason we did it, the purpose behind it was, again, we're just trying to love the community. We're not worshiping Santa. That's not something that we're doing. If you think that might be the case, just show up on a Sunday and see how that goes. But it it was something we were doing just to try to reach out to the community, get them to know that we care about them and that Mm -hmm. we're not going to like ignore some of the other stuff that are going on there. And and that's that's just what we did, whether that was... The right thing or not, I think, is going to depend on the church and probably the person. But we, uh, How'd it we, go for we, you guys? we liked it. It went pretty good. We didn't have quite as many as, as I'd hoped were going to come. We had a lot of people sign up. They didn't all make it. Uh, weather okay. played a pretty big role in that. So mm-hmm. it's not fun when you, you have like a blizzard right before and then everyone wants to stay home. And there was no rain yeah, day. But yeah. I, we, had, we had good interaction online about it. We had a lot of people sign up for it. It just okay. didn't quite turn out the way we wanted it to i'm hoping we'll get more this year and we'll see how that goes but uh so this is a great point like way to go to try something i mean that's so huge i think there's some exciting growth happening at your church dan and i think part of it is that you're willing to you're willing to try things and fail and you're not like overly discouraged if it doesn't work out and i mean not that i'm saying this was a failure but i love that you're willing to try something and not know how it's going to go and it doesn't like you know end your world if it if it doesn't succeed that's something that, man, that's huge for churches. So way to go, man. Well, thank you. So for our church, we decorate for Christmas. We have a very large Christmas tree that we put up in the sanctuary along with some candles that we put in the windows and a couple nativity scenes as well. And we used to do it on a Saturday, but we got dwindling attendance. So now we do it on the Sunday of the Thanksgiving luncheon. So the Thanksgiving luncheon is kind of a large event at our church because we're filling the Thanksgiving baskets that we talked about last time. And then when we're done with that, then we decorate the sanctuary for Christmas. So it's kind of like a 
spend mm. half the day with mm. us. You're going to eat delicious food. It's You're going to hear God's That's word cool. proclaimed, and we're going to enjoy time in community together. And so after that, we do too, like Daniel said, try to offer at least one thing a week. So one of the things that we do is we go caroling, and we either set up going to a nursing home or going through the community. When COVID hit, we actually did something that worked out really well that we've continued to adopt. And that's actually just making phone calls. And so I allow people to, we sit around the sanctuary together and we make phone calls to friends, loved ones, shut-ins, anyone who you think would be encouraged to have a Christmas carol sung to them and then to be prayed with. And that allows us to have a much larger swatch of individuals. Now, I'm not saying like we do that in place of. We adapted that because COVID didn't allow us in the nursing homes. But now that's one of the things where people actually look forward to Mm. calling. Hey, I'm going to call my aunt who maybe has no people who are going to come and visit her. We're going to call her. We're going to sing a carol to her. And then she's going to know that we're we're thinking about her. And people love it. It's great. It's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. Another thing that we do is we do a a cookie exchange where people bake cookies and then they can come in and everyone goes home with a basket of cookies or they just eat the cookies. (laughs) And that's really good because it promotes differences because no one is going to bake the same cookie. Even a chocolate chip cookie is going to be different. And so it allows people to kind of share like, hey, I baked this cookie the reason why I baked it was because it reminds me of my grandma or because it reminds me of my heritage or because it reminds me of so-and-so who was part of the church who passed away. And so it turns out to be a great time to kind of reminisce and to think right. of that, especially because, you know, we talked about this in the last episode, Thanksgiving and Christmas tend to, and Easter tend to drudge up a lot of feelings, especially yeah. for people who have lost loved ones. And so giving them a tangible way of mm-hmm. sharing their loved ones with others is a great way to remember and honor them during the holidays. So usually what I try to do with the cookie exchanges, I'm like, make a cookie that is special for you. Don't If it's special for you because your grandma used to go to Stop and Shop and buy chocolate chip cookies and there's a story behind that, by all means, go for it. Yep. But like, if you have a special recipe, do it. We want to hear all about it. And so people will go around and they'll take different cookies and people will be there explaining about how it is. The other thing that we do, I'm a sucker for the Muppet Christmas Carol. So (laughs) we watch that almost every year at church. We have a movie night where I invite people in and we watch the Muppet Christmas Carol. It's mainly just for me. People who show up to it, great. (laughs) That's one of those holiday traditions in the Natal house. And I've just kind of adapted it to bring other people in the church along it seems to go fairly well and then on um the last sunday before see now this is the sticky wicket that we're going to talk about in in part two but like the sunday prior to christmas we have a christmas luncheon where we do a yankee swap or a white elephant gift exchange whatever the name of that is that you would call it Along mm-hmm. with a couple fun activities. And as per usual with our church, we have a luncheon as well where people are going to be bringing in food to to share. Cool. And it just we're just trying to promote togetherness. And we're trying mm-hmm. to give people the opportunity to invite others into a less threatening 
type of situation. So yeah. that's what we do. I think like that last bit there is something that we really need to to just kind of rest in, I think, a little bit. What's the intent or the purpose behind the things that you're doing, right? What you do going up to Advent really isn't as important as why you're doing it. Are you trying to build community in your church? Are you trying to reach out into your community? Like, why are you doing the things that you're doing? We're sharing a bit of ourselves as we're making these cookies, right? We're trying to get to know some of the new people, some of the, the families in our church by asking them to do the Advent readings before we go up. Like we're, we're actively trying to get to know each other better. We're looking to invest in, in each other. So that's going to look different for each church, right? Different churches are going to have different traditions. Some of us have traditions and we don't really know why we're doing the things. Look at why you're doing it, right? Why was this instituted in the first place and how can we emphasize that? How can we encourage that? And so why are we doing what we're doing is just as important as doing the things, I think. is more important, really, because that's, that's what's building the community. That's what's getting people excited about Christmas. And so I think that those are important things for us to focus on as we're building those things out. Something I'd like to talk to you guys about is just in terms of the, the church calendar and how we teach during this time. Yeah. You know, Advent is a, a time of, of expectation. Um, and I have gone back and forth between, you know, following the, the pericope and, and preaching along those themes. And then sometimes I'll preach probably more often. I preach aspects of the Christmas story during Advent because our surrounding community, that's when they're thinking about it. You know, yep. like when Christmas begins for the church, that's when it, like it ends in people's minds. And I, I just think that's so challenging. If you wait till Christmas to talk about Christmas, people are, I think, not as open to listening to it on December 26, which is kind of, kind of crazy. But anyway, I just kind of wrestled with that balance of how I honor and incorporate that season of expectation. Mm -hmm. And also, I think it's also time to reflect on the second coming of Christ and big time. Yep. Yeah. So how do you guys deal with all that? And I've exempted myself from answering this because I've asked the question and admitted how terrible I am with it. Does that work? Can I do that? We've tackled it a bunch of different ways, I think. Often, I think even the last couple of years, a lot of what I've done is, is just rest in the Old Testament, particularly as we're recognizing, like, this can be a hard season for people. Yeah. The promise of Christ was spoken into dark times by the mm. prophets. And wow. so we've wow. talked about, like, you know, the voices of promise. And so these are promises that were given in the middle of these dark times. And then it's a very easy transition into, and these times that we live in today are also dark. And so we have the promise that will be continued to be kept when Christ comes again. And so we can rest in those things. And so it's, I think that's one of the ways that we've like looked at that. Mm -hmm. the, the promise of he has come and he's coming again. We really try to hit those themes nice. throughout our Christmas preparation. This year, we are going to be looking at more of the, the nativity scene. What did this look like through the eyes of the different people that were there that night? What was this like through the eyes of the innkeeper, right? What did this look like through the eyes of Joseph? Uh, we haven't picked all of the different uh, scenes that we're going to be going through. But I think so much of it has been like preparing our hearts and, and recognizing that this promise was given to us for a reason, like Jesus, God kept his promise in sending his son. 
And so Mm -hmm. because he kept that promise, we can have hope and faith and trust that his promise will be kept this second time. So in the same way that these people were waiting for the promise that they received, we can be secure that we will receive the promise. So this is a gift of now and not yet. And we're just resting in that during the Advent season. So it's a lot of like looking forward while not just celebrating what had happened. Cool. Yeah. So for us, I try to do a sermon series that will highlight the incarnation. And so sometimes I do like the anticipation of the incarnation of Christ Mm -hmm. taking on flesh. Last Mm -hmm. year, I actually did a read through the book of Luke. Uh, Luke has 24 chapters in it. Hmm. If you take one chapter per day, by the time you get to Christmas Eve, you will have read the entire book so that when you wake up on Christmas morning, Mm -hmm. you will know all that Christ accomplished and you'll know why we celebrate Christmas. And so I've done that. Mm. I've also done, you know, like the anticipation where I'll take like two Old Testament, either prophets or stories in the Old Testament and talk about how they are anticipating and waiting for the coming Messiah. And then I'll do two individuals or stories from the New Testament where I'll talk about how the incarnation continues to fuel those individuals into ministry. And so I always try to highlight as much as I can during Advent the coming of Christ and the importance of that and how it's not just important in our lives, but it's important in the lives of individuals who wrote about it in scripture or individuals who are in our community too, who might not really even have a Christian type bend, but Christ is just on their mind with it being Christmas. As we've uh, navigated the different elements of Advent, and part of our struggle has even been just like communicating that with people. And so one of the things that I started doing was uh, in like uh, mid-November, I would put out like a postcard that just had every, like all of the events that we were doing through Advent with the times and the dates. And so I know many of us have mm-hmm. bulletins and, and those kinds of things for communication, for calendar type stuff, events, but... It was really nice for us just to have this like postcard that we could stick on our fridge. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just knew all the things that the church was doing throughout Advent. So you could then plan what it was you could be a part of. And maybe you can't be a part of everything. But giving our people a tangible thing that they can just have that's dedicated to that season was just really helpful for us. So that might be something that, that we, uh, it's just that's an great. idea to look at and to think like about. That. And I mean, it was like 60 bucks to get it printed out. You get like a hundred of these things. And so it's not expensive and you just sit them at the back of the church and people can take them and it's been good. I think it's great. You know, one of the great things, you know, in addition to teaching and celebrating, honoring, this is such a good way to invite and include more people in your church. And those kinds of tools help the new or the fringe people get connected or keep connected or get better connected. That you're always helping them, giving them multiple ways to remember to find out and not just being like, well, you know, it's on the website. So if you just went and click this link, which takes you to that link, which takes you to this other link, which then will go to your calendar. And then if you search through all the calendar, which is 50% accurate, then you can find out what we're doing. Yep. Right. You're just, you're making it so easy for people to be involved. That's awesome, Dan. 
Yeah. You want to treat old people like they're new. So you're treating everybody like they're new so that nobody feels like they're left out. Okay. Well, like we've just Mm -hmm. kind of taken that approach. If you're treating everyone like they're new, like you get up and you announce who you are every Sunday, even if you don't see a new face, like that's just, you treat everybody like they're new. So you make everybody the calendar because not everyone's going to know where to go to get the calendar. Not everyone's going to be in to know like what's going on. So as we're setting these things up, as we're planning these events, let's get those calendars made so that everybody can just have it. All right. I think that does it for us today. Great conversation. And I know even though we're releasing this uh, mid-fall, I'd say as soon as your fall planning is over, it's the time to start getting ready for this stuff. So this might be too late for some of you. It might be right on time for some of you. So I hope this helps as you prepare for Advent. We're going to close today with this with a benediction. I've chosen some words from from 1 John, actually. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. And a few verses later, we know that we are children of God. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding, so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true even in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Dear children, keep yourself from idols. Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe and share this with a friend or colleague. Take care and we'll see you next time. Adios. Later. Oh, Ryan, that was such a good outro. Thanks for listening to this episode of Grace for the Grind, a CLB North American Missions podcast. For more resources like this, check out clbforge.org.